Absolute Geek Podcast. It is Tuesday night in Phoenix, and you're listening to the Absolute Geek Podcast. My name is Matt. And I'm Kyle. And if you've never listened to the show before, this is our, our flagship show where we talk about everything and anything going on in pop culture and geek news. Um, if you're listening to this, chances are we are on our way to beautiful San Diego, California. That's whale's vagina, right? <laughs> A whale's vagina, yes. <laughs> to attend the 2016 San Diego Comic-Con. Oh, it's going to be great. This is our, our go-home show for our biggest event of the year in Comic-Con, so I'm super excited for that. Hopefully we get to see a lot of your beautiful faces at Comic-Con. Um, Hopefully. At least one of them. At least one of them. <laughs> um, but Kyle and I will be there when or Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I will be there Wednesday and Sunday as well, um, hanging out outside, just chilling. It's going to be great. It's going to be fantastic. I'm bringing a bunch of booze. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, this might be a, a rather short show this week. We'll have to see how it plays out because not a lot of news going on, and we've both been really busy trying to get ready, all packed to, to head out to San Diego. I'm past almost thinking about getting ready to start packing. Um, now I'm to almost ready to get ready to start packing. I've pulled all the books I want signed. I've got them all in my backpack. I've done my laundry. I still just need to put it all in my suitcase. I need to go vacuum my car and then put everything in my car and I'm you're ready taking to go. your car yeah so you're, you are going to your car is going to California three times this year yeah I know it pisses me off <laughs> and I remember saying after WonderCon I'm not fucking doing this again <laughs> and here we go again that's it though next so, year so you're ready for Kamikaze then too then I no, take it no I'm flying to Kamikaze if I do that let's fucking let's do it if anything, I'll fly to Kamikaze. I'm not driving my car to San Diego again. Because we can fly in early, dick around, and then fly back out that night. Yeah, fuck, fuck did, all that. Did you apply? Did you? Not do yet. F- Let's do it. Let's fly. Fuck the shit. Not yet. Um, so speaking of San Diego, we want to start tonight's show with a little bit of news for anybody who's going to San Diego or might already be there that don't know. If you're expecting to get a signature from a DC writer or artist or a Warner Brothers cast member of like Suicide Squad or anything like that or Outcast or Outcast I didn't know that was a WB thing I didn't know that either but did you see the the thing that I sent you yeah it says Outcast on it hmm. under Lucifer hmm that's weird and I thought Lucifer was Fox it is but maybe it's a WB Studios I think it's WB Studios is that what it is yeah um and the sweltering studio that we're in yeah the sweltering studio we're in uh you're gonna have to jump through some fucking hoops to get some signatures this year. DC literally wants you to fucking stand in line to get a wristband to stand in line. They want you to stand in line to pick something to see if you get the right Mm -hmm. to stand in line. So the way it normally works is every year before this year, it's been first come, first serve. You make your mad dash to that booth that early in the morning. You get your wristband for whoever you want, and then you go about your day till it's time for you to line up for your signing. Well, this year, starting at 6 a.m., DC and Warner Brothers want you to line up to try your luck to get a ticket. You draw a ticket. If there's a stamp on the back of the ticket, you get your choice of a wristband for either a signature or the WB side. And then if you don't, you have to go to the back of the line and try your luck, test your luck again. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I don't know why that think they think that makes that more fair. It doesn't. I get it makes it more random, so the people that are in it for, 
I guess, money. Like, you know, those people mm-hmm. who are first to get all the books signed to get them on eBay. Yeah. I guess that eliminates, it helps filter those type of persons out. But as we saw it when we were trying to interview Scott Snyder at WonderCon, that doesn't fucking matter. People were just handing him books to sign during his press stuff. Yes. You know, and what did we do last year? We couldn't get Jim Lee Whisperin? Oh, shit. What? Silicon Valley's going to be there. Nice. Thursday. Nice. 5.30 to 6.15. Nice. I might have to stand in line for that one. <laughs> but what did we do last year? Like, we didn't get Jim Lee with wristbands, so we paid a kid fucking 20 bucks <laughs> to get our book signed. You know, he had one book, and we paid a kid 20 bucks to get our shit signed. Yeah. You know, it wasn't... It wasn't that hard. No, not at all. I just got in line for some stuff, like uh, yeah. Snyder and Jock. I just got in line and yeah. just and went through the entire line, got my stuff signed, and walked out. Mm-hmm. They said, do you have a wristband? I said, yeah. And they said, okay. <laughs> and they just... And I had a bunch of bags in my hands, so you couldn't actually see my wristband. I did have a wristband, but it was yeah. for, uh, oops, it was for uh, Jason Latour. Yeah. That I forgot. <laughs> I thought it was an hour ahead of what it really was. Yeah. But that that's just, I don't know. To me, it's a waste of time. Game of Thrones is going to be at the. Yeah. Nope, that's why Kellen's going. They now. have a uh, Hall H panel. But they're doing one. A signing? Yeah, at the WB, the cool. Warner Brothers thing, too. Lucifer? I don't care about Lucifer. Gotham? Eh, I don't care about Gotham, either. This is a huge San Diego Comic-Con this year, yeah. though. And then, like, on... at See, like, this one's really... I would really like to get in line for a couple of these. It's from 3.45 to 4.30 on Friday, it's Flash. Yeah. And then from 4 to 4.45, it's Outcast. And then from 4.30 to 5.15, it's Arrow. You got to get a picture that breaks the fourth wall. You got to get a picture of Kyle with Kyle. Oh, shit. That's like 16 walls. (laughs) Kyle with Kyle. But the only thing I didn't see for the WB was the Suicide Squad signing. You got to buy a t-shirt, an Outcast t-shirt of the first cover. So it's a picture of Kyle wearing Kyle with Kyle. Do they have that? That's a lot of Kyle, yeah. That's a fucking shitload of Kyle. That's a lot of Kyle. It's a lot more than most of us can handle. (laughs) So I'm not looking forward to running to get... It's not even going to have to run to get in line. You're just going to walk fucking mosey up. Yeah, but that's going to be just like the people who stand in line for the action figures. That means you're going to have to sleep on the lawn to get there at 6 a.m. Or you're going to have to leave the hotel at like 4 to get there at 6 a.m. to wait in line to hopefully get a ticket to wait in line. Bullshit. It is. It it's, really is. Like, I like the first come, first serve thing, because that, if you're on your A game, you get there. If you're not on your A game, you don't get there. Yeah. You know, it's diligence. Right. This is dumb luck. I agree. 100%. I just, maybe I just like the diligence part because I have a better chance. Yeah. To try and get there before <laughs> everyone else. Yeah. Cause I never, I don't have good luck picking shit like that. I, I, I could probably, I could do it fifty times, and I get, to, I guarantee, I'll never ever get one. Watch first time, Jared Leto, bink. Oh, I'd fill the cup. <laughs> so to all you that haven't heard that yet, be prepared out there for San Diego Comic Con. Yeah, and they're doing it too. Is like, remember you had to run to the DC booth. Mm-hmm. Now you have to like, it was, it's like WonderCon. You got to go somewhere else. To get yeah. your band to go somewhere else. That's how, right. they're, that's yep. how they're doing mm-hmm. San Diego this year. It sucks. Something sales of the pavilion or something. Well, it's the, up, it's the same building. It's just upstairs. 
So where you where um you know when you go up the escalators, it's upstairs now the sales pavilion. Uh. So, it's where everyone stands in line to get their fucking exclusive toys like the Mattel merchandise and uh, pops and shit like oh, that. Oh yeah, okay, okay. So it's upstairs, but shitty. That is that's super fucking shitty. I can't wait till they just make San Diego Comic Con twenty four hours a day. That would be, dude. Could you imagine how awesome that would be? Mm-hmm. A twenty four hour a day convention. Like they, you know, like after eleven o'clock, it becomes a dollar, and it's more dancing and you know, mm-hmm. nerd. You know, kind of like what they do at Phoenix. They have all the stuff going on afterwards. That's you know. Well, everything. I mean, they have tons of after parties in San Diego. Yeah, they tons, just they just need to keep it. Oh, it just needs to be like a fucking five day rave. <laughs> just nonstop. A five day free for all of nerd. They could close the exhibitor hall. Yeah. But everything should open up and it, yeah, it should just outside. be just outside, upstairs, five all the doors should open and just should be just a fucking nonstop. Five day nerdgasm. Yes. Extravaganza. It should be like it should be like a Woodstock. <laughs> uh for the amount of people that go and for the amount of money that it takes to get there. Because you got to think how many people even from San Diego are going to be there, 20%? Well, like, yeah, you say, you've talked that you're spending a lot of money to go to the convention. I mean, yeah, I am too. 300 bucks in a hotel, $200 in tickets, plus gas. Food. Food, but you got to think of all these people that are buying airfare to come from across the country or from overseas, plus their ticket, plus hotel, plus all rental car if they're going to get one, all of that shit. Like, that's a dime. Should be a fucking, it should be a... 24-hour party. Dude, I know. Five days. Next I agree. Stop. You know? What would make it a killing is if they had a buffet. <clears throat> like a Vegas hotel. So, like, you could buy a ticket if for all week. Like, a hundred bucks. And that means every day you could go eat at the buffet. It'd be sweet. I love buffets. Wouldn't it? I'd get, like, five pounds of bacon. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm just saying, like you get you get the ticket, you buy a ticket to eat at a buffet, so that way you don't have to worry about anything, you know. But they they should you know it should, it should be incorporated. It should just be in Vegas. It should be yeah. Oh God, <laughs> I swear by that. We've talked about it. It'd be awesome. It would. You can nerd out all day and then drink and gamble all night. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, it sounds like paradise. Yep. It sounds like a drunken stupor. <laughs> That's probably why they don't do it in Vegas, though, because. You have to add another factor with the alcohol and all that. You just go outside and drink, though, there. Yeah. I mean, there's bars everywhere that are downtown. What? Bars. In San Diego? Yes. You no, know, I know, I know. I'm just saying. You just go out and drink and you come back in. Yeah. It's the same thing. Maybe. Yeah. It wouldn't be any different. Except you get to gamble. That's true. And fucking stay in a nice hotel. <laughs> yeah. Well... Yeah, because but then you're not getting the nice half the excitement for me, uh, for San Diego is it's a vacation, and it's Comic Con and it's oh, an escape from a hundred degrees. Like, I was reading on their blog, it's like seventy degrees yeah. in, in Chile. Fuck you, seventy degrees and amazing is what I'm talking about. Because <laughs> I'm leaving a hundred and ten. Yeah, it's gonna. Was Saturday supposed to be humid in a hundred and ten? Let's see. So tomorrow, it's supposed to be 84. Thursday, it's supposed to be 88. Friday, it's supposed to be 88. Saturday, it's supposed to be 88. And Sunday, it's supposed to be 82 with lows in the 60s. I hear beautiful. I hear fantastic. All I heard was gorgeous, beautiful, amazing. 
<laughs> it's perfect, all iron. Perfect weather to be yeah. in San Diego. Mm-hmm. Remember I told you I thought my uh, <laughs> my sister-in-law and my kids are going to be there? Yeah. She was talking to me, and she was like, I got this great deal in a hotel, man, three days. It's only 350 bucks." And I was like, I don't know what you did, but whatever you did, you need to let the rest of us know so that we can do it every year at San Diego because you... You got the cheapest tickets on the planet mm-hmm. for three days for three hundred and fifty bucks. Yeah. So she it's called the hotel, and she got the invoice. The invoice was three hundred fifty dollars a night. Damn. Damn. So did she cancel her hotel? Yeah, she canceled it. She's got the T-Mobile money though. <laughs> she blew through all that. Huh? I don't know. But she didn't want to fuck pay three hundred fifty dollars a night. I was like, "How did you get that cheap price?" I was like, "We had to there, you know, there was four of us chipping in on a hotel, and it was three hundred dollars each." I was like, yeah. "How did you do that?" And you're and they were, you know, right across the street from the beach. Mm-hmm. You know, all they had to do was just walk out across the street. I was like, "How'd you do that?" She didn't do anything. She just misread it. Yeah. No deal. No deal. So she's going the next week. Ah. Uh, didn't take them the next week. Which is not much cheaper. No. <laughs> but instead of $350 a night, I think it's like $600. Total? Yeah. How Fuck many this. nights are they going for? What? How many nights are they going for? Three. So it's like 200 bucks a night still. Yeah, so it's $100 cheaper. 100 150 yeah. That, that's a lot. Yeah, it is true. When it starts adding up over three to five days. This is very true, sir. I just, I just got a chuckle out of it. All right, well, let's get into some some topics here tonight. Uh, so, um, bleeding cool claims that they have a source allegedly um, that Batwoman, Oracle, Barbara Gordon, and John Constantine are among characters expected to swing by Supergirl, The Flash, Arrow, and DC's Legends of Tomorrow in the near future. So that means someone at Bleeding Cool or a source is telling Bleeding Cool that. Um, these characters are going to be making appearances on the CW shows. That'd be cool. Uh, well, I mean, Constantine's already been on. Um, so and, and Supergirl's going to be have her own show. Yeah. So, of course, she's going to cross over. That's well, no, it's saying that <clears throat> oh, it's Batwoman, Oracle, oh, Batwoman. and John Constantine are going to make an appearance on either Supergirl, Flash, Legend of Tomorrow, or... Um, yeah, I said Arrow. So. I see. I see most of the happening on Flash. Um, I see Oracle more Arrow because yeah. they've already mentioned her, and they, you already know that she's in the universe because when Felicity gets paralyzed, uh, Ollie makes the the comment of "We were going to call you Oracle, but that's already taken." Yeah. Um, I could see Constantine on Legends of Tomorrow. For that something. makes sense. Uh. I don't know, Batwoman? I could see Batwoman more on Supergirl. Yeah, I could see that too. Just girl, girl. Ooh, girl and girl. Yeah, girl and girl. Yeah, I like that. There you go, girl on girl. I think that's good, though. Good for ratings. Good for everything. Well, yeah, I agree. Like, uh, I love all those shows. And maybe not Supergirl, but... I mean, I wouldn't mind a Batgirl show. No, I'll see how Supergirl is on CW when it comes back. But... I don't have high hopes for it. No. Batgirl would be kind of a cool show, though. It would. No, Batwoman. Batwoman, yeah. Eh. As long as she doesn't go cry to her daddy. <laughs> right? As long as she doesn't go cry to her daddy. Just don't let Tom King in on it. 
Um, why Tom King? You mean Tinian? No, Tom King did it. What? On Batman. No. Oh, no, Tinian did it. Yeah. Right. Never mind. Dirt. I was like, why Tom King? What, what did he do? I forgot Tinian did it in Detective <laughs> Comics. Um, Game of Thrones Season 7 to begin production this summer. Yuck. And it has been confirmed by HBO that it will only contain seven episodes. You know why? Because they have figured out that that show sucks. No. That show's amazing. <laughs> Amazingly this last, this, shitty. This last season was really, really fucking good. One episode and it was 30 minutes of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, AMC announced ahead of San Diego Comic-Con... Uh, that they've signed an extensive multi-year deal with Chris Hardwick, which will see him host and executive produce multiple programs for the network. There's a fucking surprise. Over the next three years. Yeah, so he's going to continue Walking Dead, ta- uh, talking Fear the Walking Dead, and uh, talking Saul and all of his other fucking talking shows. Do they Plus, do Talking Preacher? Yes, they do. Jesus Christ. Plus um, whatever other fucking shows he's going to have his fucking grubby little hands in. Which is fine. I like Chris Hardwick enough. My gripe with Chris Hardwick is still he was the fucking douche on Singled Out. And then he disappeared. And then all of a sudden he's a fucking nerd. And like, and he's like the fucking bee's knees now. Yeah, he's like the king of the nerds. And it's just like, where the fuck did you come from? Like, were you a closet nerd the entire time? Or are you one of those guys that just became a nerd because it's cool? But I think he's been a closet nerd the entire time. I think time. he just became a nerd because he's getting paid. I think so? I don't know. With how much, like nerdy shit he does all the time I think he's he's been a closet nerd this entire time yeah but how old is he I don't know no he probably idea. in a time kind of like me is where you didn't really see now it's it's cool it's the yeah. in thing to be like a nerdy guy but like you know like when I was in like junior high and shit well yeah same. I was wasn't. fucking ridiculed yeah you know what I mean? Yeah, it wasn't like the same. Hiding in like hiding in the corner by the basketball porch playing Dungeons and Dragons. Do you know what the Jesus Christ? I had basketballs thrown at me, all <laughs> kinds of shit. People, you know what it was. It, it wasn't the thing to do, <clears throat> like it is nowadays. But he was more into that grunge scene. Like he he dressed like Kurt Cobain. He had the long <laughs> hair. He was the fucking host of Singled Out. He was a fucking douchebag on that show, and now he's like apparently the nicest dude ever. So. I mean, it's probably a persona. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure they were like, we need you to be a fucking douchebag. It was the 90s. It was the 90s. <laughs> um, I don't know. I can, you know, yeah, you said he's not a bad guy, but I could do without him in every aspect of my TV watching. Yeah. Every show on AMC doesn't need a Chris Hardwick talk show after it. Yes. Like, I understand where you're going with Talking Dead. And, like, that's an interesting show. Um, I don't really care for Talking Saul. I never watched Talking Saul. I don't really watch Preacher, so I never watched Talking Preacher. I I watched Preacher, but I never watched. I never knew there was Talking Preacher. Yeah. I'm about three episodes behind on Preacher. I'm though. about four episodes behind. <laughs> I just caught up today on Outcast. I've fi- finally seen all six episodes. It's of fucking Outcast. amazing! Isn't it, it is a fantastic show. I haven't seen episode six that was on you know this last Friday, mm-hmm. but the show is amazing. It, it pulls a little bit of The Walking Dead where it kind of veers off and mm. and changes things up from mm. the comic a little bit that you notice. But other than that, like, then there's some events in the show that didn't happen in the comic. But other than that, it, it, it sits a lot more straightforward to the comic. It's than, running parallel with the comic. Yeah. Well, for the most part, like, in episode five, I think there was, there was a, when they, 
the exercise, I can't remember, no, it's episode six. Sorry, you probably haven't seen it yet then. Well, like episode five, I think that's where she was waiting, his wife was waiting for him on yeah. his, but in the member in the comic, they, yeah. it was at his house, it was at her house, remember, and her daughter came out and everything. Uh-huh. But, um, well, and like, in the comic book, her daughter doesn't freak out and be like, I want my walls red and start fucking yes. painting the wall, and then, uh. They don't... Ex- I don't remember. I don't think they do it. In, like, episode six, they exercise this really big dude in the church, like the preacher, the... the um, remember they did... No, the big dude. Remember they did it in his basement? Yeah. But this dude, this, this massive dude, and they exercised him. He was being held captive in the basement of the church. See, I think in the... Remember in the comic, he was in the basement of his house. Right. They go to his house. Yeah, remember... And they, but I don't think that's... That's where they figured out the, the thing with the light. But that was after the... Um, the preacher gets uh, the pendulum the pentagram or pentagram cut in his chest they did that and now that, oh, that just, happens in episode six that just happens in episode six yeah yeah that was after that that was like so i think it was just an exorcism for the tv to to keep it rolling yeah and he seems to struggle a lot more with his his faith and relationship with the lord in the show than he does in the comic book yeah he's a little more tight-knit with it yeah. in the or tight with it, like yeah. He doesn't question himself in the in the sh- in the comic as much as he does in the show. I think it gives it more. Depth yeah, they go in depth show. to it more. Yeah, yeah I think because it's, it's got to be in- thrilling and entertaining. Um, what else here? According to Sony um, executives, Ghostbusters the sequel will happen despite the film's less than stellar opening box office numbers. The what? Ghostbusters. The what? The Ghostbusters. The sequel? The sequel. You already talking about a sequel? Dude, they set it up for a sequel at the end of the movie. They... I mean, you've seen it. I did. You I, said it wasn't I good, went and saw but it, it wasn't bad. Saturday. It, was, it wasn't good, but it wasn't as bad as everyone was making it out to be. I've heard quite a few people say it's not a bad movie at all. It's No, I think it suffers. It's one of those movies that definitely suffers from how bad the trailers were. So that's what um, is giving you that perception that it's going to be a bad movie. I went in, and that's a, that was the thing on social media all weekend is people were taking pictures when they go to see the movie, and there's only like four or five people in a huge theater. Yeah, but theater. if I go into a movie right as soon as the last movie ended, there's going to be nobody in it. Yeah, but like I was sitting if, there. As long as it's, if it's not an iconic movie, like, mm-hmm. you know, like where people are waiting in line three hours in advance, like, it's going to be like that. Well, I. In my showing Ghostbusters, it was only four people. And I went and saw a 3D showing. Really? Yeah. But what time did you see it? Um, it was like noon. It was an early showing. Yeah. Like, I'm sure 8 o'clock was different. Maybe. But, like I said, it wasn't a f- great movie, but it wasn't a terrible movie. I felt like it was, it was an hour. It was almost a two-hour movie. I felt it was a little long. And they make some good uh, homages to the original, like all the original Ghostbusters are in it, except for, of course, Harold Ramis, who's dead. Yeah. But they even make him a cameo, like his his likeness is in the movie as a, a statue of an alumni from one of the colleges that one of them works at. They have callbacks to the original movie, so like they have the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, but he's mm. a parade balloon. <laughs> uh, they have, like they said, they have a lot of callbacks to the to the original. They end up buying the original firehouse at the end of the movie, and that's kind of. I mean, it did the whole top of it did kind of blow off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> in the original movie, I mean, when they fucking shut the laser grid down. Yeah. But. 
I guess if it was in the basement, it blew all the way through that motherfucker, all the way through the roof. Yeah. It's a sign. <laughs> yeah, a sign for going out of business. Yeah. On Friday or Saturday, whenever, what day did you see it? Saturday? Saturday. On Sundance or film or something, or, uh, they were playing Ghostbusters 1 and 2 just nonstop. Really? I watched Ghostbusters 1 and Ghostbusters 2 like five times Saturday. Yeah. The one thing I think this movie did do really well was the final fight scene was at least 30 to 40 minutes long. Mm-hmm. And it was done way better that's, than the original. That's more than most Marvel movies fight. Yeah. Like, it was really cool. Like, they were, there was, like, some fog, and they were, like, they weren't trapping them, but they were using the proton packs and, like, basically annihilating the ghosts. And, and they, they had a huge battle scenes with them and stuff, and that was really cool. They crossed streams? No. Seeing him use all the different gadgets, but um, I really felt like that movie... I felt like Kristen Wiig's character was really good. It was a really good compliment to Peter Venkman. I like her. And I can't remember her name, but the one who plays, she plays, um, I can't fucking think of her name. She's basically the female Egon. Yeah. She's really good in the movie, too. But I felt like Melissa McCarthy and then the the woman who plays Patty, the black woman, were two characters that didn't compliment at all. Like, Patty was just a typical, stereotypical, loud black woman who screamed everything yeah and she wasn't like winston zedmore actually had a purpose in the the first ghost first and second ghostbusters movie she the, she yeah they were not, overworked like yeah she could person. have not been in this movie and it would have been perfectly fine liam hemsworth's really funny in the movie he plays an idiot i don't see melissa mccarthy because first off her movies are kind of shitty yeah and her humor is kind of shitty mm-hmm. like her best movie i think is bridesmaids yeah, she plays the same type of character as in Bridesmaids. But I mean, look at look at Spy, look at Identity Thief. Mm-hmm. Like, I, they're they're shitty. They're shit. Yeah, the fact that they're still that they make her movies, she's not funny, and I just didn't see her being funny in that movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, was she? No, yeah. not really. Like I said, she that movie could have benefited just fine if she wasn't in it. Like, mm-hmm. she didn't bring anything like jaw-dropping to the role the way you're like holy shit like that's amazing no it was she's just hot right now it's kind of like yeah I could take it or leave it you don't really need to be in this film same with Patty like when they meet Patty like she's a subway worker and a ghost shows up in the subway Mm -hmm. and like starts attacking people and she well she follows the, the 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 main villain who's releasing all these ghosts from the other side down the subway tracks and he has his little device that's like amplifying him to break him free mm-hmm. so she follows him and finds this ghost that was electrocuted and starts chasing her and then they go back to the Ghostbusters headquarters and like they're talking and then they're just like she interrupts and she's off to the side and she's like oh I'm here to join you guys so it really wasn't even like a purpose she just kind of like invited herself in really? yeah there really wasn't a purpose to it so what did you think of the proton packs that they had I thought made? they were really cool they're smaller, right? They're much smaller. They're really cool design. What technologies? Yeah, I thought that the the actual uh, gun part of it was kind of bulky and and a little bit lame compared to the originals. I was a I'm a huge real Ghostbusters fan. Yeah. The cartoon. I'm a huge real Ghostbusters fan. I loved the Ghostbusters when I was a kid. I had the pro the toy proton pack and, and everything, but this movie just like I said, it was there. It wasn't as good as the first one. Nothing's going to beat it. And that's part of the problem with it is, and I swear by this belief, 
first off, Ghostbusters, the Ghostbusters movie is iconic. Mm-hmm. It will be infamous forever. It, it's, it's a beloved movie by probably 90% of people. Mm-hmm. If, if you don't like the movie, you're a dick, pretty much. Um, you have a comparison, though. Yeah. You have this great thing to compare it to. Just like Fear the Walking Dead and Walking Dead. You have this great thing to compare it to, and it makes this look like garbage. And I think that's kind of what this new Ghostbusters movie... If, if we have never seen Ghostbusters, it would probably would have been a whole different movie. But we have this awesome, awesome thing to compare it to. And we know how awesome that original one was, so there's, you're bringing something that didn't need to be remade. It was just... Yeah, and, and that's exactly it. And it was just a poorly done movie. It was a poorly written movie. It, it had jokes that were... Mi- the jokes missed... They didn't hit home. They weren't, like, slap the knee funny. Like, it, it just, it fell flat for me. It was see, an enjoyable movie, but it wasn't, like, something I'm going to rave and be like, oh, dude, you got to go see it. You got to go see it. Like, my life probably wouldn't have changed one li- iota if I wouldn't have seen it. But I'm I'm a Ghostbusters fan, and I yeah. wanted to see what they would bring to the table because normally that cast is a, is, a mo- is a good cast. But, like I said, Melissa McCarthy and I can't think of her name, who plays Patty, like, that, I should probably look that up. But um, I feel like the movie could have been just fine without them. I don't feel like they brought anything spectacular to the table that made it to where they needed to be there. See, the original Ghostbusters wasn't slapstick hilarious either. The humor in Ghostbusters is very subtle. Mm-hmm. It's very subtle. Yeah. I mean, it's not... And that's what makes part of what made Ghostbusters so good. It's, it's like... Uh, just it was small shit and it just a lot of it was you had to watch it actually a couple times before you actually caught it you know what I mean like Dan Aykroyd and and they're very low key with everything that they did in it okay so yeah Leslie Jones plays Patty the the woman Um, she's been in a lot of stuff but she's on Saturday Night Live right now she's been in a lot of movies um that's the I'll chick that up. played the subway person? Yeah. And then uh, Kate McKinnon played the, basically the Egon. What was she in? Look, uh, let's see. Um, Leslie Jones has been in Ghostbusters. She was in Lottery Ticket. Um, Who's Leslie Jones? The one that played Egon? No, the one that played the Winston. Oh, like, okay, okay. She's in a lot of uh, like probably things you haven't seen. Wrongfully accused, lottery ticket. Nope. nope. Not like, no, not like Tyler Perry movies. <laughs> uh, Kate McKinnon has been in uh, Ghostbusters, Saturday Night Live, Angry Birds, Sisters, the Ted 2. What was she in Ted 2? Um, she was... She was the attorney. No. Um, who was she in Ted 2? That shit's fucking funny. I, dude, I enjoyed Ted, Ted 2, 2 way more than the first one. Fucking funny. But I've seen Kate McKinnon in a lot of things, and I, I think she's she's really funny. What was she in Ted 2? Um, I'm trying to find that out. It just says that she was in Ted 2. Cast. Oh, she's not even in the top of it. No, I think she just... Yeah, it doesn't even say who her who she played. Um, she was probably just like somebody walking by or something. The convenience store girl. 
maybe. I'd have to watch it again. Wow, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I like her a lot, and I thought she did a great job, and uh, Kristen Wiig did a really good job. Dude, I like her. I I think she's funny because she's, like, quiet, and she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Kristen Wiig. She's awkward. She's awkward funny. Yes, and that, I think that's why, it's like, in uh, Bridesmaids. Mm-hmm. Hilarious. And then she's in, um, what is she? I think she's, like, in Knocked Up. And she's the assistant. She goes, yeah. And she's like, real, yeah, you got to lose weight. Yeah, you yeah, done yeah she is. And, it's, and she's also in uh, Anchorman 2. She's kind of sexy at the same time, too. It's kind of weird. Yeah, she's got that awkwardness to her. Yeah. But she's in Anchorman 2 also. Anchorman. Anchorman. Um, We're going to a whale's vagina this week. So, yeah. So <laughs> at the end of the end credits of Ghostbusters, there's a scene... Uh, the after credit scene is spoiler if you haven't seen it yet if you're not going to see it it doesn't fucking matter right um, Patty is listening to a recording that they made and she's like you guys going to have to hear this and she starts playing it back and it's she's like who's Zool so it's making an hom- homage oh, to the shit. the first movie so don't fucking do it Ghostbusters <laughs> 2 don't fucking do it you gotta have Rick Moranis don't come back to be the gatekeeper don't or the key master <laughs> right <laughs> Sigourney Weaver did too do not put him in a fucking... Do not she put was Zoo- actually in this movie. Was she really? Yeah. All, dude, everyone from the original movie except Rick Moranis and Harold Ramis were in the, in the movie. She played um, Kate McKinnon's character's mentor. Uh, scientific mentor. Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, um, you kind of know how the they had the, the dude from the EPA in the first movie. Mm-hmm. What exactly does it do, Mr. Venkman? Yes. Um, Bill Murray played that type of character in this movie where he was like a paranormal... Uh, person and he didn't believe that they were actually catching ghosts and he dies um, <laughs> and then uh, Dan Aykroyd is a cabbie really yep they, they should have kept him owning the occult store yeah that would have been cool then they could have went there to buy like a book or mm-hmm. or something that kind of, you know like your book is in and then the guy who like, played uh, Winston is Patty's uncle that owns the hearse he shows up at the very end. What got them to decide to ghost bust? Um, Kristen Wiig's character and Melissa McCarthy's character wrote a book on paranormal. And um, then they, like, fell out for a couple years. And uh, the dude who plays Jared from... Subway? No, from uh, Silicon Valley is in oh. this movie. And he run. he's, like, a tour guide at this uh, mansion where this guy daughter basically murdered everybody and so the ghosts break out and shit and basically like start haunting everyone so they go they seek him out or they seek out the curator there seeks out Melissa McCarthy's character and Kristen Wiig's character for writing that book and and wants them to come check it out and that's when they have the the interaction with the ghost that like throws up all over yep you see in the commercials and that's pretty much where they, they start doing it is they get they have more and more uh, run-ins with ghosts, so they decide to become the Ghostbusters. So is there a long build-up to them, like, becoming Ghostbusters? No, they become it pretty quick, but, like, a lot of the movie is them testing out gadgets, so you can see them testing out gadgets and, and things like that. Like, Chris, um, what the fuck's his name? Thor. Chris, Le- no, sorry, Liam Hemsworth. Why I think Chris? I don't know. Liam Hemsworth's character is really, really funny in that movie. He plays a fucking idiot. And he's, he's, like, their receptionist, right? Yeah, he plays an idiot, and... 
It's really, really good. He's really, really good in it. Janine, the receptionist from the first one. Annie Potts? She plays a, um, a hotel worker. She plays, like, the front desk at a hotel in this movie. So they're all there. They make cameos, but... Hmm. It wasn't a bad movie. It wasn't a good movie. It's just kind of a meh movie. If it's if you're looking if it's a Saturday night and you're at home and you got nothing else to do and you got the kids, it's a, it's a Netflix rental for sure. But it's not like a go out in the theaters. I'll wait for HBO. Yeah, or yeah, it's an HBO or <laughs> it's not a run out. In. That's what I finally did was straight out of Compton. And now I wish I would have seen that motherfucker in the movie. So good, right? Oh my god, so good. Such a good movie. But I, I explained to you why I thought it was such a good, why it was such a good movie you, to me. You were in, you lived it like you. It brings back memories of you listening to those albums. Like I yeah, like I was telling you, I remember listening to N.W.A. and then mm-hmm. I remember going out and buying the Chronic, mm-hmm. and like I remember them going through that, and then I remember that, and then I remember Ice Cube putting out Lynch Mob. Yep. Like, to me. Like, I just found out that the California Raisins was Priority Records yeah. originally. Like, I thought because Ice Cube was in was Priority Records that it was, like, Ruthless Records. I thought it was a, like, for rap music. Right. For a long time. You know, I didn't realize that. That it, he went to Priority after he left Ruthless. Yeah, well, I thought, well, they all went to Ruthless. Yeah. They, but he when he leaves Ruthless to go on his own, that's when he signs with Priority. What but I thought Priority was like a hip hop label. Yeah. Like when I was young, mm-hmm. when I bought like Gorillas in the Mist. Yeah. Like when I bought like Lynch Mob and stuff, I thought Priority Records was a hip hop label. I didn't realize that, that that was just they were they were just on the the fringe of what was going to be like explosive, mm-hmm. and they actually didn't even really capture it. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? Like they 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 saw something, and. They just, you know, Chug Knight was Chug Knight and everything and Death Row and everything, you know. And th- that dude screwing them. But, like, I bought that. I bought Snoop. Like, you know what I mean? Tupac. I mean, like, I was... I thought I thought that of that whole movie, Snoop Dogg was the worst casted person. I thought Tupac looked good. Dr. Dre looked spot on. You know, and I can't believe E looked good. Ice Cube's kid is Identical to him. Because, like, have you seen, like, the Gorillas in the Mist uh-huh. album cover? Dude, it's a dead match. Yep. I said, I was like, holy fuck. Like, I never, I didn't see him on the MTV Music Awards. I'd never seen nothing until I watched this movie Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I was like, holy shit. And that's all I've been listening to now. NWA? And fucking Girl Lynch Mob. Mask and Lynch Mob? Yeah, because it's like, oh my God. Cause it's it's fucking awesome. <laughs> like, I can't, it, it, dude, seriously. It, see, like right now, I'm listening to Easy E. Easy E. Easy motherfucking E. Like, I remember him dying of AIDS, you know what I mean? Yeah. I remember seeing that on the news and, and, and hearing that. That's, I think that's why that movie was so awesome to me. Reminds me of being, like, in, like, mm-hmm. junior high. Uh, so, to keep with the theme of everyone else in the fucking country right now, uh, Pokemon Go counts are a hot commodity on eBay, selling for well into the hundreds of dollars for counts level 19 to 21. You lazy bastard, just walk around and play. Don't you have to walk, just drive if you don't want to fucking walk. I'm level 14, and I have put minimal work into it. 13, and I've done the same. It's minimal. It's in spurts. Yep. I've, I've not gone out and done that longer than an hour. Um, I have, like, last Friday I drove out to uh, Chandler mm-hmm. to do it. We went to a couple places at Chandler. 
And then uh, I, I'll go to, like, the local park that you and I went to that one night mm-hmm. and just hit all the Pokestops and leave. That's the longest I've been out was when we went to that park. Yeah, and then that's that's pretty much it. And then I'll probably I'll play every day walking around San Diego. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, I, like, I just hit level 14 today. And that's with, with minimal work. So you lazy bastards, get off your fucking couch, just download the game, and fucking just get out of your house. <laughs> it's not that... You can seriously, if you really want to get to level 19, you could seriously, you could put in a couple work, you you could put in a good weekend, and you could be pretty fucking close. Yeah, I agree. Truck around your fucking city, meet some people, and don't buy it off of fucking eBay. Um, Which is shitty, too, is you have to use your your Google login. Right. So, how does that work? Unless you you have, because you can either do the Google login, or you can do the, the Pokemon login. I heard it's doesn't work as well with the that's, Pokemon login. Yeah, that's what I've heard, too. So who knows? You're just getting rid of your Google email address, I guess, and giving people access to it? Yeah, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's like, I use my Google address, so I can't. Yeah. So that means they can get access to my right. email, they're going to they're gonna read all my spam, or? <laughs> right. But, I mean, just, it's a free game. Right. Why would you pay $100 for it? Just go do it. Because people are stupid and lazy. It's a status. That's what yeah. so people so there's an asshole out there who's willing to pay a hundred bucks to say, look, I'm a level nineteen, grow it up. That's exactly what it is. You lazy fuck. Walk around. I'm a level nineteen Pokemon trainer, what's up? Um, Nintendo has added an incredibly twin an incredible twenty-three billion dollars to its value in less than two weeks since Pokemon Go launched, making the company worth more than Sony. Uh, the district shares price Increase has sent Nintendo's market capitalization, which is their start their stock market base value, over forty billion dollars, and Sony clocks in around thirty eight billion. Holy shit! Really? Two weeks. This game has made them. But you know what I was thinking about is how many fucking go type games are going to come out now? Oh, dude, you're we're probably going to get. We're going to be inundated with them. Yeah, and none of them will be as popular as this. Right. Well, I think a Walking Dead one where I can walk around and shoot fake zombies would be fun. I think it'd be cool, too. But nothing is going to have the excitement that in the... the no, catching fucking fictional monsters. I, I saw that... I found this guy, this preacher guy on Facebook talking about how Pokemon... Did you see that? How, yeah. How Pokemon will possess you? Yeah, it's the in devil the, and it's demonic possession. Jesus Did you see how many people were agreeing with that motherfucker? People are stupid, dude. They buy into anything. Like, I was reading the comments, and praise Jesus, I'm glad someone else is saying it. Are you fucking serious? Yeah. So what if they named them after fictional Japanese monsters? Who gives a fuck? Yeah. I mean, really. And you know what? It's attention. It is. It's exactly what it is. This is for the devil. Well, and that, my big thing is, if you're a religious person, I apologize, but to me, organized religion is a is a cult it's a sham it's a movement for people who can't deal with real life or deal with events that happen in their life so they they put all their faith in a a higher being and be there if there is or not who cares why are you fucking accosting people for enjoying their their lives it's not hurting anybody I think I think there is more benefits than there are to the negatives of it Nintendo should get a fucking Nintendo and uh, the fucking people who created Pokemon Go uh, should get a fucking Nobel Prize for 
ending childhood abuse, obesity because you're going to see people losing weight like crazy because of this I've lost game. over a pant size. And I no way just from doing that just from walking around. No, that's crazy. Well, you got to think, man. I've hatched, I don't know, ten eggs and at two kilometers a piece. I've hatched two ten k eggs. Well, it tells you in the in the app how many, how far you walked. Let me see. Um, I bet you know what I mean. Like, just just walking. I mean, like just getting out and walking. Even if you walked, if you do one mile a day, yeah, you're walking, you're doing more. Sorry, you can probably hear the music in the background. It probably won't load because we're trying to... Fu- oh, yeah, it is. Where does it tell you that? Oh, shit. Where's it should tell you in your stats. Let me, let me turn the music off on this. Let's see... That's probably my journal, huh? Yeah. Let's Um, see. I don't see it. Just a second here. Maybe I haven't opened up 10 eggs, but... But regardless, like... I've... I've, Kellen... I wear my pants at the same... My belt at the same place. Yeah. Well, Kellen was telling me, he was like... This is the most active because of this game you've been in months, so. I, 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 it's not in your journal. Uh, let's see. When I get signed in, I'll look here. I, I remember they show it, and I can't remember where I saw oh, it at. I've walked 32.51 kilometers. Yeah. See? So you, yeah, there you go. What is it, 1.2 miles per kilometer? Uh, I believe so. So. 15 miles? Yeah. Because to hatch a 10K egg, you're walking almost over six miles. So, Apparently, according to Pokemon Go, I am in the middle of, a water, of the water here, sitting <laughs> in my backyard. Um, so I've walked, I've walked at least 15 miles since I started playing this game. Yeah. And I'll round it down. I'll round it down to 12. I'll, I'll even take off three miles for me driving slow. You know what I mean? Yeah. So in the past, what, 10 days? I've walked 10 miles. That's more than I walked last year, probably. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. Yeah, it won't show me my journal. But, yeah. Oh, there it is. I've watched 28.11 kilometers. Yeah, so you've walked about 14 miles, if that's what it, you know. Like one. One kilometer. But, but yeah, regardless, like, I want Chen, I want South Park to come out with a Chen Pokemon. Right. Go. But, yeah, there's going to be a ton of Go games that come out because of this. One kilometer is 0.62 miles. Okay. So two kilometers is, like, 1.2 miles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's a lot of walking just because of this fucking video game. For me, that's a lot of walking. Yeah. It's a shitload of walking for But, me. like, you don't notice it when you're walking it. Because you're say, busy. You're doing something yeah. you want to do. And then when you get awake, wake up the next morning and you're fucking achy, then you fucking notice it. 
Like, son of a bitch. But that's, I mean, and that's, and that's the key to exercise. That's why, you know, you see all these late night infomercials on fucking the dancing and the fucking 10 minute and the fucking P90X. If you don't enjoy it, you're not going to do it. Yeah, right. Right now you're doing something you enjoy so you don't give a shit. As long as you're into what you're doing, that's why people who run, they love to run. And that's why yeah. they do it. Because they are, they're doing it to enjoy it. That's why fat people don't run. Because they don't like don't, to do it. Yeah, I don't run. Fat people don't like to run. <laughs> you see fat people, they're walking fast with weights in their hands. Yeah. And they're not walking that fast. Because <laughs> they don't like to run. Yeah. People who are in shape and like to run is because they enjoy doing it. We enjoy walking around catching Pokemon, so we don't mind walking fucking 15 miles. Yeah. It's just the way it is. I agree. So, all right. Coming to the end of the show, we got one more major news story left, but I know we promised that we would do a review on last week's show. Oh, Raygun 2. So, yeah. Why don't you go ahead and give us your opinions and thoughts on Raygun 2. I'm enjoying it. I, I, this second, the second issue to Raygun, I don't know if everybody remembers, we kind of talked about it on Thursday, the first issue. So the second issue, it did a lot, this, they did a lot of development. They kind of they started laying out the pieces to this to what's going on. They've they've the military's involved. You're starting to see that the ray gun is more than just some crazy thing that can blow holes into walls. I mean, it almost to me it looked like it was going by your feel because the, you know like when he was shooting the can off the top of the kid's head, it was a small bolt. So he was enjoying it. He was having fun. When he was worked up and he was scared and he was, that's when it blew the big hole. And I think that's, and since he's the one who's picked it up, it's now become attached. It's all, it's like, it's like sequence to him now or something, which is kind of yeah. cool too now. So, which is good because, you know, not, it doesn't matter who takes it. Like when he fucking fucked those gangbangers up. Yep. They took it and they couldn't use it and it fucking flew back to him. So I, there was a, there was. A, a lot, a lot of development in here. Like, it was... That was the one thing i say. There was... They spent this entire episode building a foundation. Instead of doing it over two books, they did it in one book. But maybe... I think it was a good thing, too, because, you know, we got to see everybody. Now we got to see, you know, the bullies are still there. He decided he knows he needs to keep this and figure something out with it. But at the same time, he knows he has to sell it so that to help his mom, the government's involved. There's a lot going on right now, and I think it's actually, I re, I'm really curious to see where this book goes, and I cannot wait till I think it's, I think it comes out tomorrow is the third issue of Reagan. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't remember when he said the third issue comes out, but yeah, I agree. They they did a lot of good character development in this second issue. Um, it was almost too much for me. I know you really liked it, but for me, it was almost too much. Not to say that it wasn't good, but I was just like, okay. Um, I mean, it went into a lot of backstory with uh, Tesla uh-huh. and how people thought he was crazy when he said he made a, rig, a death ray and people didn't believe him. And you get more character development with Matt, the main character. You get to see his relationship with his dad and his, you know, that situation and his friends. And yeah. like you said, it's kind of cool that the his friend tries to shoot the gun and it doesn't work. And then he goes after the gangbangers and it works. And it's it's kind of, like you said, attached to him now to where there's a point where there's, like, no trigger. 
it just shoots. Yeah, he know they, it knows when it needs to be yeah. shot, which is kind of cool. And it needs and it knows how powerful it needs to be through him, which I think is a very cool spin on on something that's built to the idea of it being built a long time ago. Yeah. You know, like a hundred years ago or whatever and, it was, eight years be, ago. It'll be interesting to see going forward what his connection to Tesla is and why the gun is connected to him. Is it just because he found it first or is there some under, underlining, de- still developing story there as to why the ray gun only reacts yeah. to him? I'm super curious as to that too. Like, and it'll see, it'll be interesting to see what the government's play in all this is. and Like how easy is it, it going to be for them to find it, yeah. find them? Is it going to be... Like as long as he's not fucking people up and blowing up buildings, it'll like like even they said it'll. They already think it's in Europe, so they're not yeah. even they're not even looking in Homeland, which is kind of yeah. cool too. So well, and then you get that introduction, the introduction of the new character, the military guy that they're, or the special ops guy that they're sending to go find the kid yep. and the death ray, and they they did a lot of good character development and it packed a lot mm-hmm. of. Of information and packed a lot of information in twenty some pages. So I guess it's easy to do when you don't have ads. And they they did what some and that's what I got to praise this book is they did in one book what some books take three or four to do. Yes. So which was why I assume that they must have this awesome layout of a story already because they it seemed like they needed to get this done mm -hmm. so that they could take off and do what they needed to do with it. Yeah. And I want to see how well that that guy, you know, the guy who was barbecuing the, the tracker type guy. I want to see how long it, how easy it is for him to find Matt. Mm-hmm. So I think that's going to be kind of cool. And for people out there listening, we do have and have been working on setting up a uh, an interview with the guys from Raygun after we get back from San Diego. So that's something to look forward to. Um, we're going to get into our last story here, and after that, I tweeted at them today. Tell them great work on the book. Did you at yeah. Raygun? Yeah. Um, yeah, he's super cool guys, man. When they talk to us, when they DM me on Twitter, it's super cool, dude. Um, he's actually the one that actually led me to our final story because I didn't hear about it. He's the one that kind of pushed it my way. Um, but what, what would you give Ray Gun issue two? I give it a solid, uh, a solid eight, five. I liked it. Great character development, a lot packed into it. I don't find myself reaching for my phone when I'm reading the book and that's a very important thing for me and I'm it, it, this set really this the first issue was good the first issue wanted me to read the second issue the second issue what got me to want to read the whole story arc now I want to I want to read the if it's you know a 10 book story arc I want I want to finish this I want to see what happens yeah I, I do too I, I give it a, a eight solid eight. It was fun. It was a good read. I liked seeing the growth and more in-depth character development. I kind of felt like some of the parts with the military drug on a little bit for for too long, but I guess it needed to be there to establish where they're going and what sort of role they're going to play in this. But I think it's solid eight. I wish I wish there was more. I wish we had more to, to comment on, but we're really only going off of two issues. But off these two issues, so far I'm intrigued to keep reading. It's, yes. it's different than anything else that's out there right now. Because you're taking a historical figure and now making a, a comic book about him where he's the kind of the, the centerpiece, the cornerstone, mm-hmm. the pillar of everything that's going on. So everybody out there, the book is called Raygun, and it's definitely worth trying to find to read. I think you can get it on Comicology. Can you? I think so. 
We'll have I'm to so, when he's on. We'll have to get him to plug it and tell everyone where they can pick it up. I think if you type in Raygun on Twitter, you sh- it should be able to come up. You'll get him. You'll get the the guys behind it. Yeah, and he'll tell you when it's coming out. Where to tag it in? Where, yeah, where, super cool guys. Yep. You can reach out to them. Um, like I said, he kind of turned me onto this last story here, and it's kind of a it kind of falls into play with what we were talking about, or well, what I ranted about on the comic book reviews last week with Bat or Batwoman. And her ability to, to be a badass character and then run to her her dad when the situation gets rough. Um, f- apparently, there's an issue between uh, Frank Cho and Greg Rucka. Uh, Frank Cho left the Wonder Woman book. He was doing... He was hired to do 24 variant covers for the Rebirth... Wonder Woman series. Um, he left the project after only completing six covers. According to comments published by Bleeding Cool, uh, Cho's departure came as a result of his frustrations over uh, perceived censorship of his covers, which he believes stemmed from the demands of series writer Greg Rucka. All the problems lie with Greg Rucka, Cho was quoted as saying. Greg Rucka has been trying to alter, censor my artwork since day one, Cho added. Greg Rucka thought my Wonder Woman number three cover was vulgar and showed too much skin and has been uh, spearheading censorship, which is baffling since my Wonder Woman image is on a model and shows the same amount of skin as the interior art and, is, and it's a variant cover and he should have no editorial control over it. Rucka's weird pretend, uh, political agenda is the root of the problem. I just want to be left alone to do my Wonder Woman variant covers in peace, but Greg Rucka is in the hostile power trip and causing unnecessary friction over variant covers. The cover in question was, like I said, Wonder Woman number three, and it shows uh, Wonder Woman in a battle pose, and the outline, it shows underneath her skirt the outline of her underwear, and the cover that was released. Yeah, it's like her in a battle pose, and it shows like her butt cheek, the the outline of the underwear, and in the the cover that's coming out, they cropped it, so you can't see it. You can't see the the top of her because she was wearing the high boots. Mm-hmm. You can't see that either. Like it cuts, it, they cut her legs. So you can't see as much of her legs, and then you cut. Yeah, so you can't see her her panty line. To me, in this situation, I don't know both sides. I only know what I read from what Frank Cho said. I don't know Greg Rucka's side of it, but from what I know, I have to agree with Cho. Like, in a, in an industry that we we live in a society now where where we have women that comp- complain and rightfully so about being over-sexualized. Why do you have to over-sexualize women? Why, why is everything got to be over-sexualized with women? But comic books has been over-sexualizing men for a very long time. Mm-hmm. You always see the man with the six-pack the, or the 12-pack or the muscles upon muscles. And yep. They're always muscle dudes with their shirts off and... The hot, rich right. guy. The exactly. It's it's what comics do, and th- this kind of artwork, something like that. You see Superman's underwear all day long. Talking you don't see people. Pants. Yeah, you don't see people budging about that because it's part of her skirt. Like cheerleaders, you see the the part of the skirt. It's not necessarily underwear. It's part of their uniform. Yeah, under there, and it's not a big deal. Why is this such a big deal in comic books? We saw it with the big bootied um, Spider Gwen. We saw it with the big bootied Spider Woman. We yep. saw it. We saw it with 
I guess I understand the the killing joke one, the Albuquerque cover. I think that's just all just an overreaction. But why why censor that? That is the dumbest fucking thing to censor. It's not like he's drawing her half naked. You know, why are you censoring something like that? That to me is petty. And you knew going in, everybody knew going into him drawing these variant covers that that's what they they were going to be a little more sensual. They were going to be They're a little variant bit more, cover. And he everything he draws is is more skin and more and so you knew that going in. So why why fight it after it's going on? Cuz when they were doing the big booty stuff, wasn't he the guy that said I'm going to sit on a fucking street corner and draw these all day? Yeah. You know, like I don't care like it's, yeah, it's you're you're paying for the cover. It's a variant cover. You don't want that cover, you don't want to see it. Guess what? Don't buy the fucking cover. It's a one in one, isn't it? Uh, I'm not sure. Is it? I think all the DC covers are I think are they are. I think you're right. But still, if you don't want the fucking cover, don't buy, don't it. buy it. That's why you. That's why it's called the variant. That's why you have options. Things like that in this industry really just grind my gears because there's no need for it. Let the dude do his art. Why are you going to censor him? And who are you to censor him? Isn't that what editors are for? Yes. So let your editor come back and say, hey, listen, you know, we're, we're going to crop this out because we can't fit it on or it's too revealing. We want to go in a different direction. Like, or give them the opportunity to draw something different then. Yeah, it's Wonder Woman. She's always been a sexy character. She's always been... Look at the original Wonder Woman. She had... She didn't have the skirt like she does now. She was just underwear. Yeah. The original under, Wonder Woman was just red underwear with the lasso on her side. She didn't have the skirt. Why is it such a big fucking deal now? Why do we live in such a, a culture that is full of prissy, whiny-ass bitches? Uptight. Yeah, uptight buttholes. The pussification of America. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly what we're living in right now, the pussification of America. If you really got to harp on something as stupid as a little outline of underwear and ruin a cover for somebody... Lighten the fuck up. <laughs> exactly. There's no need for it. No. It, it, and then you hit it on the head. It is the over-pussification of America, and it makes me sick. I can see if you drew, like, her fucking, like, like her, her, like, coming out of her suit, like her breast coming out yeah. or something, like, slip, like, like a nip slip or something. Okay, I could see, you know, we don't, you, you don't need to take it that far. If her, but, if her boobs were, like, 13 sizes too big and she was, like, spilling out of them. Yes. But, I mean, with a short skirt that's got something under it, if in a pose where it's actually going to be moving... That's what's gonna happen. Yeah, you're gonna see some some underwear. That's, and it's probably not even underwear. Like you said, it's probably like a cheerleader thing where it's like a yeah, built it's in. Part of, it's probably part of the skirt. Yeah, and I'm sure she's wearing something underneath it on top of it. It's not like she's going commando and you're getting a fucking, fucking vag shot. Yeah, you're getting a fucking peep show because she's yeah. fighting. It's not like she's running and you're like, oh shit, I can see her ovaries. Like, I mean, does he think it takes away from his book? I mean, it's it's, what I, I just. I would really like to hear what his... Yeah, what his side of it is. Because he hasn't come out and said anything yet. No. And, and Frank Show is not holding back on his words. As I read his statement as he was quoted he from saying... Has. He literally laid it out there and was like, I don't know what the fuck your problem is, but you're censoring me and leave me the fuck alone. I just want to do my drawing. You know, it's not up to him. He even makes the comment, why is he making this decision? It's not up to him. It's a variant cover. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, yeah, I can see if it was the original cover, but yeah, it's... it's. I mean, if that's the case, then why is the original Wonder Woman running around in just underwear? Yeah. 
you know, why... Why? Then you should have laid it down in the beginning that she had to wear fucking sweatpants. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Why is Oliver Queen running around with his shirt off half the time? Why does Superman wear skin-tight latex all the time? Yeah. Why can you see muscles upon muscles? Why does Wolverine shirtless half the time? You know, why are all these men comic book characters naked or shirtless and nobody bats an eye but the one moment you draw some underwear lines people freak the fuck out it's the over pacification of America that's what it is absolute geek podcast is here to make America great again (laughs) we are here to wage war against the over pacification of America with pizza monster trucks and shirt cannons that's right (laughs) that's how we roll join you know join the the cause today (laughs) We should make that shirt. Pushing to end the over-pacification of America. <laughs> Absolute geek podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, like, everyone's got something to complain about. Everything. Triggered is the dumbest fucking thing. I wake up, I'm triggered. You triggered me. Like, are you serious, dude? What is wrong with this generation? Everybody's too sensitive. It, it is. You know what? It's, it, it boils down to everybody getting an award. Everybody's first place. Yeah. Everybody... You know, everybody deserves, even even if you didn't do anything, you still deserve to win. And so everybody feels entitled. So every, since they're entitled to everything, when it, they're mad, they're entitled to, to, since I'm entitled to not like that, you have to change it. And mm-hmm. that's what it is. Instead of people being like, you know what, I don't like it, but I'm going to turn the channel, or yeah. hey, I like that, and I'm not going to buy it as the show. You know, that's the best way you could do it, is then don't buy it. Like me, I don't write and complain to people about their podcast. If I don't like your podcast, I turn it off. Yes, you just if I don't, don't like listen. your turn if I don't like your radio station, I turn it off. Like to me, if power, I don't li- if I don't like that comic book cover, you know what I do? I don't buy it. I don't fucking buy it. Like in Phoenix, a radio station here, Power 98.3 was making fun of people for playing Pokemon Go. And you know what? I don't listen to that station. That's that's it. Like I don't care. Yeah, it's it's, it's really easy. And I know we're in a, a media spotlight where we are reporting on this kind of stuff and we're more easily accessed to it because people can leave comments on our episodes and on our Facebook page and everything like that. But there's no – we don't – we're never going to pander to anybody. We're going to p- tell you how it is, the way it is, and I don't really really care. I'm sorry to say, but I'm not going to over my show because it triggers you and it hurts your feelings. I'm not going to go out of my way to put down somebody. I'm not going to go out of my way to offend anybody, but I'm not going to go out of my way to tone down my show to appease anybody. And that's I applaud Frank Cho for doing the same thing. I'm not going to go out of my way to tone down my art style and my variant cover and what I was told to do because you want to over it. Yes. And bitch about an underwear outline. I mean, just for that, I probably won't even buy Wonder Woman. I wasn't going to buy it anyway, but... You, you know, like I'm definitely not gonna buy it. What are you now. gonna do? Oh my god, Kyle, there's her wonderful her, her panty outline. I'm gonna go home and spank it to this right fucking now. Yeah, I'd rather. Just I can't find, wait. I'm gonna do it in the car. I'd rather just find porn. Yeah, fuck. You find worse <laughs> shit on the internet. <laughs> yes. Turn on TV. You find worse shit than than that. Yeah, that, that's fucking nothing. All I'm saying is people need to lighten the fuck up. And it, it's a comic book. It's art. You know, people read Playboy for years and they take naked photos. It's it's art. Not anymore. Well, not anymore. But they still do, like, nude photos, but they're covering it now and stuff. But it's still, it's tasteful art. It's, it's what it is. And 
you want to complain, you know, that they better stop calling the statue of David a masterpiece then because it's a naked man. Right. Y- you know, it's it's stupid to me that we overpussify and in, in that he's basically being... He's basically being stabbed at the back or two-timed because this dude is going behind his back and bitching about the fact that he's he's drawing over-sexualized drawings. And that, that image wasn't that over-sexualized. No. It doesn't have too much skin. You know. When you have a book called Sex Criminals out there, or you have a book called Sex, or you have one of the biggest, hottest fucking books in the world in um, uh, Saga, where it shows people banging each other out all the time, you're going you're gonna to complain about this. Yeah. You know, there's a lot worse things going on right now to complain about yeah. and to, to involve yourself with to make better. Go do one of those. Yeah. You have, I mean, you have... Go play Pokemon Go and get some exercise. You have people... Yeah, you have <laughs> cops killing unarmed people, unarmed people killing innocent cops in the world, and you choose to bitch about a fucking panty line? Yeah. You know what? Go to a soup kitchen. <laughs> right. Go give out water right now in the summertime to homeless people. Go go do something that's going to be rewarding instead of bitching about a comic book. I agree. Well, we do that all the time, but... What, give out water to homeless people? No, bitch about comic books. Oh, yeah, we do it constantly. <laughs> we don't do anything rewarding. <laughs> uh, I don't know. That's that's just my feeling. Is I, I applaud Frank Cho. I want to hear both sides of it. I'm not condemning um, either side. I applaud Frank Cho for standing up for himself and pretty much saying... There is two sides to every story. Yeah, and I'm sure that um, Greg Rucka has his side. It, I'm sure it's a stupid side, too. Yeah, well, <laughs> no, I don't know. But I want to hear his side, but it's it comes down to... Frank Cho stood up for himself, and I applaud that. And I agree, it's the over-pacification of America. People just need to calm the fuck down. Everybody needs to lighten up. Take a chill fucking pill. Um... But yeah, that that was it. That's it for our topic. Uh, I would do want to bring to the point that we are going to San Diego Comic Con. Uh, I will be uploading this episode right away, and we'll probably be on, already on the way, depending on when you listen to this. Um, we will be live streaming, hopefully, quote unquote, hopefully, I'm from sure we will. Uh, San Diego Comic Con, depending on internet connectivity and quality be uh giving you all on our facebook page so definitely subscribe to us there to check that out to see what san diego is really like to kind of give you an idea of how maddening it is um when we come back though we're going to be hitting the ground running we have i have an interview set up uh tuesday when we come back Uh, i know we're trying to get an interview with the guys from ray gun for everyone who's been wondering about grading we're going to have an interview with a cbcs representative when we come back um and and kyle and i are going to be working diligently to try and set up as many interviews with uh, different people as we can um we actually got invited to be on another podcast because we were in the we were quote unquote one of the top 10 must hear podcasts in the in the valley in phoenix uh we got asked to be a part of another podcast show which will be cool which will be awesome uh and we're gonna have to we'll have to Turn the AC on two days in advance for when it comes to do our show. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but we'll have to, to let everyone know when all that's going to be coming in. But just so you know. We got some stuff planned. We got stuff coming for yeah. you. And it's going to be a little bit of hiatus this week. Um, but we'll be, we'll probably record an episode or updates here and there. Be posting on social media, uh, live streaming the 
uh, San Diego Comic-Con, but we've got stuff coming for you in the pipeline once we come back, so get ready for that. But, uh, yeah, as always, if you want to, su- to support the show, you can do so through Patreon. We do appreciate those play- Patreon pledges. If you can't um, donate through Patreon, we understand um, you can still help and still support us by just liking, favoriting, hitting that retweet button, hitting that share button, getting all, us out all there. All we need is one million people to donate one dollar to the show. Right. And we'll we be one million dollars. We will do we will do one show a day. Fuck yeah. Seven days a week. Yes we will. Guaranteed. Yes we will. We will go but, um, we will do all kinds of crazy shit. But yeah, if you can't donate through money, just sharing a, us is is way more effective. Um, remember to like us on Facebook twitter instagram to keep up on everything we're doing at san diego everyone we meet everything that's going on make sure to like and again subscribe to our facebook page to check out our live stream of the event Um, make sure to download and review us on itunes soundcloud stitcher overcast podbean google play music pretty much everything that fucking podcasts have you been on podbean i have have you yes what's it like it's a podcasting website. It's different. Yeah. It is different. Um, but yeah, we got great stuff coming for you. So we appreciate everyone sticking with us. We appreciate everyone who comes back and listens to our episode each and every week. You, we, we do appreciate it so much and we welcome all the new listeners. We're getting, we're getting, um, things are, are on the up and up. So for the absolute geek podcast, I am Matt and I'm Kyle saying, if you're going to be at San Diego, come find us. And have a great fucking we'll time. Wearing, we'll be wearing black shirts. Yeah. <laughs> Come find us. Have a great fucking week, we'll have, everyone. We'll have black shirts and backpacks. There you go. Like everyone else there. <laughs> have a great fucking week, everyone. Get out there, catch them Pokemon, and we will see you next time.